Okay, Michael, good to see you. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well. How are things in uh, Lucerne at the moment with the lockdown? Uh, at the moment, uh, it's getting a bit uh, less locked down. <laughs> it, uh, everything is opening again a bit, so uh, you could go to the hairdresser. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't <laughs> yet, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, we have a bit more freedom. You were just saying before we started this that the um, it's not that strict the kind of restrictions. You can still go outside and you can go to the shops, I believe, as well quite easily. Yeah, not not all the shops, um, but uh, you can go outside. You can you can walk around. You can uh, go cycling. Uh, obviously, not in not in groups, but but still, you can <laughs> you can train a bit and. Uh, yeah, the the weather was was really good the last few weeks, and uh, I was always uh, watching out on the lake, and the lake was flat and perfect, so uh, it was it was still hard. <laughs> so I I was then yeah on the bike a, a lot, and um, now more cyclists than they're over. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I think I saw you've got a rowing machine as well at your house. Is that right? I think I saw a post that you've got it on your balcony. Yeah, um, after the, the club was shut down, um, we were all uh, going and uh, picking up an ERK to have one at home. Um, but as the weather was so good, I was uh, more on the bike than on the ERK. <laughs> That's fair enough, yeah. Get, get, some, uh, get some rays and some fresh air. Um, awesome. Well, thanks very much for doing this podcast. Um, looking forward to kind of chatting a little bit to you, particularly about your rowing career and then a little bit about uh, life after rowing because you've recently retired. I'd like to go back actually quite far in time, which I think is, yeah, 1997. We were just talking about the start of your rowing career and how early it was. You just told me you were only eight and a half years old when you started rowing. Yeah, I think that's that was really early, and uh, I was quite short. As I, I'm still quite short, but uh, <laughs> I was even shorter. And uh, uh, yeah, quite unusual uh, in our club. I think uh, a lot of the people thought, what, "What is this this little guy doing here?" And uh, and this little guy was quite a lot <laughs> in the club and training. And um, yeah, no, but uh, I liked it very much, and I, I still like it. Um, until now what, what, what were you doing when you were eight and a half years old like at a rowing club were you were you in a boat or were you just doing the ergs like how did you fit in um i was i was in a boat i had some problems to to hold the the, the skulls <laughs> uh but we were not doing uh, a lot of of rowing um uh, maybe sometimes more a bit uh bathing and uh, <laughs> hanging around at the club and uh, doing silly stuff some some years later, uh, we also started doing some some races and and then also serious training. <laughs> Do you kind of remember that that early kind of period of rowing? Like, what were you what your first races like for you? The really first races were hard because uh, I was I was not doing very well. <laughs> I think uh, I was happy when I was not last and. Uh, and, but yeah, I, I, at some point I realized if I train well and uh, uh, if I work hard and, and I can get better. So I was, I was happy when I was uh, maybe third last and then fourth last. And uh, at some point I, I was uh, almost uh, winning races and, and 
then I uh, thought, okay, cool, that's uh, that's working out well. Uh, I <laughs> have to work more. <laughs> you uh, you already sound very competitive when you were young, like uh, rowing. Yeah, it was was coming with rowing. Uh, I think at the beginning of my rowing career, I was wasn't uh, really competitive, and uh, I didn't thought I, I I could be a good good sportsman. Uh, but through rowing, I I realized that that it's that it is an option to to um, succeed in sport and and uh, that you can work hard and you can get some rewards and I think rowing taught me a lot uh, from this point of view. Do you know kind of how old you were when you started to take kind of rowing seriously? It was around 12, 13. Uh, we had a good, really good um, team in our club, good group and um, there were some some big guys, and uh, I was lucky to to be with with them in the boat <laughs> uh, at the bow seat, and uh, I learned a lot from from those guys, and uh, they yeah showed me where the standard is. So I had, every day I had the, the opportunity to compare myself with those guys, and and yeah get better. Were you in? I think were you in the quad a lot or the double then? Uh, at the beginning, I was in the in the quad and then uh, in the single and uh, in the training in the club, we were doing basically all almost all the boats and, and also sometimes with the older guys. So, for example, um, Mario Gear, um, he was also uh, in our club and, and I was training with him quite quite a lot and, and he, he taught me a lot of things <laughs> and uh, had, had some, some tough trainings with him, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in in general, we had a really good group and, and a competitive group, and uh, we pushed ourselves uh, in a good way. I see. And uh, I was looking at your kind of um, world rowing career that shows all your races, and it shows that you did three junior world rowing championships as well. <laughs> How do you remember those? Because they they must be pretty exciting for uh, you know a young guy to go and do. Yeah, the first one was was a bit hard. Uh, I was also there starting low. Uh, we were 19th uh, in the quad, so uh, second last. <laughs> uh, we're doing the D final against Israel, and uh, we just won there. <laughs> so uh, after this World Championship, I knew uh, I have to, um, yeah, work a bit more. And uh, the next year was was the. Almost, yeah, was was a huge step, a huge, a huge step, um, competing in the B final and, and racing, uh, Wallenzinkovich there. Really so, uh, cool. Yeah, there were already uh, some of those guys, uh, yeah, uh, in in those races, yeah. Awesome. Did you do a lot of kind of different training between your first kind of junior world championship to the last, or was it just more hard work? Yeah, more hard work, more more rowing on the water. Um, I was changing uh, the school. I went from from normal school to a sports school, so I had a bit some um, half days off uh, from school, and I could could row. And um, the school is uh, located just beside the club, so it was perfect to to go out uh, out of the classroom into the club and and train and get. Um, and going back to the cl uh, to the classroom, uh, of course. And did you grow up in Lucerne as well? Yeah, uh, also in in the city of Lucerne. Ah, uh, cool. Because um, yeah, your 
your club, um, yes, yeah, E-Club Lucerne is right in the middle, right, of Lucerne. So it must have been so easy to get to. Yeah, it's um, five minutes with, with the bike from my, my house or the house of, of my parents. And uh, everything is really near um, to the road. It's maybe 10 minutes. So <laughs> I was all the time um, around with the, with the bike and, and uh, had a really short distance be all, uh, between all the, the places. So I was pretty efficient, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. With, with that club, did you, did you train on the Rotse or was it on the lake that you trained? Um, normally we were always training in the winter on, on the big lake, on the Vierwaldstättersee and, and summertime on the Rotsee because the Rotsee is uh, closed in the winter uh, and then uh, in the summer it's open and, and open only for rowers uh, on, and on the big lake uh, in the summer there are, are a lot of uh, boats and you, all, yeah, you cannot row properly there. Uh, so yeah, we are, we're we're a lot on the Rotsee. <laughs> I didn't realize the Rotsee was specifically for uh, rowers. So during the summer, it's only rowers that can use that as training. Yeah, and there is one uh, one public place uh, where you can swim just at the start. Uh, those who are who know the World Cup, they they know <laughs> this place. And um, but the rest is is closed and. Uh, it's also there is one motorboat, uh, a ferry, uh, which is uh, crossing the lake a few times a day, but uh, the, the rest is it's only only rowers. Well, uh, we'll come back to the Rotsig. So I've got a few more few more questions uh, about that because it's a it's a special place. Um, uh, even when I first visited there, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, from the Junior World Rowing Championships to kind of like um, under 23s, how was that kind of transition for you? Um, yeah, it was special. I, I knew as a junior from my um, uh, height, I'm, I'm a lightweight rower, but from my weight, uh, I'm more a heavyweight rower. <laughs> so uh, I was not sure what I should do. And, and in my first year, I was still competing as a heavyweight. And... Then uh, in the second year, I tried to, to race as a lightweight, which was uh, not very successful for me. I had problems to get on weight and uh, I got ill. And uh, then I was competing again as a heavyweight. And uh, after the M23 time, I, I changed again uh, successfully to lightweight. But it was, was not easy as I'm naturally, I'm not, not 70 kilos. I'm more than around 80 kilos. Right, so that first kind of under 23s, what was your weight then, um, if you were heavyweight, around 80? Yeah, around 80, 81, uh, 82. And uh, yeah, <laughs> some kilos away from lightweight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So f first, first year you were lightweight, then heavyweight, then uh, lightweight, was it? Or no, the other way around, heavyweight. Uh, Heavyweight, lightweight, heavyweight, and then really lightweight. <laughs> <laughs> what What made you decide um, as a under twenty three or afterwards to go kind of from heavyweight to lightweight? Was it you thought you were going to be more competitive? Uh, certainly, um, just from my hair height, I'm, I'm I should be more competitive as a lightweight, and and we had also a really good group, a really good lightweight group with the 
uh, lightweight floor from Switzerland uh, was um, already back then it was a really good boat and, and competing in the finals at, at the World Cup events and so I knew there is a good group and, and I tried to fit in there um, because yeah the chances were a bit um, better I think yeah sure what are the um, what are the difficulties then as a lightweight rower um, a kind of a top class lightweight rower because I think from reading and doing a bit of research you're kind of heavyweight if maybe let's say around 80 kilos around winter time and then you start to have to bring your weight down to early 70s around the summer is that the main kind of difficulty yeah that's certainly a, a big um, challenge and um, uh, especially at the the end of my career as a lightweight i had a lot of injuries a lot of uh, rib uh, stress fractures and uh, yeah which is certainly also a bit related to my why um to my weight problems and so it was uh, on one side looking to get on weight and the other side uh, staying healthy um, was a challenge and, and uh, fortunately yeah the last few years were uh, despite this uh, those injuries were, were um, quite successful uh, but it was not always clear if I can really start at, at the events because I, I had yeah, rib pain and, and uh, was not rowing that much. And, yeah. <laughs> so, so you think um, because you were lightweight, you had some of the injuries because of that, because of the nutrition, maybe you couldn't get in or you couldn't recover from certain sessions. Was that because of the injuries? Yeah, certainly I, I couldn't recover. Um, that good and, and uh, um, I was always with nutrition on, on the limit and, and yeah I had to, to balance everything and, and, and uh, the stress for my body was sometimes just a bit too much. I've always wanted to ask a lightweight this um, how, how early do you start the kind of weight reduction you know is it, is it a few weeks before in a kind of dramatic weight reduction or is it over kind of a couple of months, you know, less calories to slowly uh, get the weight down? Uh, yeah, the, the first part was certainly a bit uh, over, over the months. Uh, so I was always trying to, to stay more at uh, 75 than <laughs> around 80. Uh, so after Christmas, I was, uh, I was looking to, to be again around 75. Also for the winter test, we had to be um, uh, on this weight. And then when it, um, yeah, the season came nearer, uh, closer, then uh, I started to, to get, go down a, a bit more. Uh, but especially in, the, in my older years, I was not going down that much. So I was maybe for the, for the single, I was staying around 73 and a half or 74 and and doing the rest with uh, sweating on the on the day of the race so i was going on the erg or on the bike in the morning and, and sweating those kilos and <laughs> after the scale i i was drinking the uh, i was drinking the, the water and uh, water or some some drinks to to get back on weight and then get the fluid uh, into my body yeah, sure. Does that create a bit of stress, like on race day, to be kind of thinking about that you're not on weight just yet, rather than 
thinking about the race ahead of you? Yeah, especially in the beginning, at the beginning of the lightweight career, it was, um, it was stress, but later on in the career, it, it, I was, I was much more relaxed about those stuff. And, and I knew, okay, if, if it's a half a kilo more or less, I would, I'm just doing a bit more erg in the morning and then, uh, I'm, I'm on weight. So no problem. And then and I also knew that I can race well with, uh, a lot of sweating in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So yeah, after the under 23s, how was um, kind of lightweight rowing for you? And you know, the World Cups and around the world, how did you kind of find that? Um, yeah, it was uh, certainly a, another standard um, from under 23 uh, to the elite is always, uh, yeah, and a change but then also to the lightweight it's uh, it's much bigger change and then everything was a bit closer together and uh, so sometimes you you were uh, doing well and you were in the b final but it could go really fast and you were in the c or d final so <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it, it was important to to deliver your performance really on the day and 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 there was there was no big room for uh, um, yeah for faults or mistakes. Do you have any kind of early races that uh, kind of spring to mind that um, you went through that you thought were really really tough as a early lightweight or um, just a, a race that you enjoyed kind of early early career? Yeah, certainly. That was the first uh, World Rowing Championships in Bled, uh, 2011. Um, uh, yeah, it was, was hard in a way. It was, uh, as always, the year before the Olympics, uh, the, the qualification spots were, were there. And uh, yeah, we were in the quarterfinal and were missing out against the Polish double uh, on the last 200 meters or so. And uh, yeah, then it was was over, obviously, and that was was hard. Uh, but um, for me, it was clear that I, that I will continue uh, up to uh, Rio four years later, and and uh, so I was was yeah not quitting. My my partner quit after the this World Championship, uh, but I knew I have to have to get better <laughs> um, to be ready four years later. That's interesting. What when did you kind of make the decision that you will definitely continue on from the 2012? Um, was it, you know, directly after that race or was it kind of a bit after reflection? Uh, it was already before. But, uh, I knew, okay, if I change to lightweight, uh, and was, it was really from 2010 to 2011, uh, I have to... Uh, have to be patient and I cannot expect to just winning uh, the qualification spot for London and then going to the Olympics with uh, almost no experience as a lightweight. So I knew I will continue, but I, I was trying to, to go to London, not successfully, but <laughs> uh, still I was, I was learning a lot there. Um, I think it was around that time you sort of transitioned from less double skulls into the single skulls. You did a lot more races, World Cups in the single skull. Um, was that part of that decision that you wanted to do more racing in that? 
Uh, it was also um, a bit because uh, my colleague stopped um, rowing and, and uh, the whole team was a bit uh, um, trying new stuff. The, the, the lightweight four was going into a double and a pair. So, um, yeah, everybody was, was um, getting some new, <laughs> were getting some new experiences and uh, I was doing the single and enjoyed it uh, very much. Uh, already back then <laughs> yeah why did you kind of enjoy it so much because when i came up more onto the world rowing scene like you were synonymous with uh the single skull that's how i kind of met you um but why did you enjoy it in the first place um i there are uh several uh points if, if we still talking about lightweights i mean in the single you, you can be a bit heavier uh it was not so uh, a big stress for me to to get on weight in the, in the single as as in the double and then uh yeah in, in the single you always know um yeah you have to deliver the performance and and uh you know uh, who's in, who's in charge and who's 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 doing the the mistakes and um it's a pretty honest boat class, and and uh, I like that uh, very much. So um, yeah, I I always have, have have the feedback, and and I can work and see my progress or not. And and, and uh, I think those experiences were also important to to be a better uh, crew rower afterwards uh, when I went back to the double uh, because I I. No, I knew myself much better through uh, single skull rowing. So, so by competing in the single skulls, you could then offer more into a crew boat. That, that's cool. Yeah, um, certainly because I had a lot of experiences and I knew how I can um, get myself in shape and and how I have to prepare races and and then. Um, yeah, I, I also could better work with uh, with an, a teammate. Fantastic. Um, there's a yeah, there's a race in the single score I want to talk to you about, which is um, 2014, uh, I believe. Um, oh no, 2014, the World Cup in Lucerne. Was that in the double or the single? Where you that won? was in a single. It was in a single, and that was your first World Cup uh winner right yeah yeah in in lucerne <laughs> in lucerne so perfect place for me uh, the rote as as training lake and, and lake of our club um uh, or the summer lake of our club um yeah it's a pretty special place and uh i was always there for the world cups watching um the races also as, as a little uh little boy and uh, really cool and 2001 when the rowing world championship were there i was was helping there as a volunteer and then so i was i was always always there and i was always all uh, thinking about wow that that must be really cool to win on the road say. and um so that was yeah certainly a a, a dream come come true um to, to win on the road. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I hadn't realized, um, you know, I should have realized really that you would have uh, maybe visited there before and seen some races and I hadn't realized about the volunteering. But yeah, I was going to bring up that obviously you were brought up in Lucerne. 
Um, you know, you learn to row in Lucerne. Um, there's a kind of special thing about the Rotse as well. Like all rowers seem to talk about this kind of special feeling when they're racing there anyway. So to win there, that must have just been an incredible experience for you, given everything. Yeah, um, I was, it was uh, a really cool day. Uh, everything was, was working for me and, and everybody was there watching the races. Uh, the races before uh, this World Cup were always already good and um, I was on the, on the podium and uh, the people knew, okay, maybe he can get a medal or maybe he can also win. And, and so there were a lot of, um, a lot of people uh, at the Rotze and a lot of people from from my club and friends and family and and then uh, yeah it was a bit the rainy day <laughs> but still it was uh, was great uh, and, and yeah. do you remember the do you remember the race the kind of a final race in your head can you remember like um, the pushes you made or where you were at certain points or is it a can you not remember it so much? Um, yeah, it was as one certain point was certainly uh, 500 to go. I, I I was in front and I knew I, I still have some some energy left and and then yeah all the noise kicked in and, and people with the cowbells and and uh, <laughs> yeah then it was it was really easy to <laughs> to row the last 500 meters uh, knowing in mind now now I have just to do my work and, and stay calm and, and do my pushes and then uh, I win. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a cool kind of moment because um, we were just talking about 2012. Uh, you decided, yeah, look, I'm going to continue with uh, lightweight rowing. 2014 is obviously in the middle of the Olympic um, season. Like that must have been a really cool moment, a big kind of confidence booster in that Olympiad to say, yeah, this is, I'm on the right road here. It's going to be okay after this. Yeah, that, that was on one side a cool push, but on the other side, I knew also, uh, okay, uh, after this year, I have to get back into a crew boat um, because the, the single skull is not an Olympic boat class. So, uh, um, and then we would not have a lot of time to um, to test around and then to get experiences because 2015 uh, was already again uh, a world uh, rowing championship with uh, qualification spots. So um, yeah, it was a confidence boost, but also I knew um, <laughs> uh, now I uh, I really have to to find a partner and and uh, get get the boat moving, uh, get the double moving. Yeah, sure. How easy was that process? So we're talking about the kind of lead up to Rio, I guess now. Yeah, what was that process like? You had to find a partner, start training with him and get ready for those uh, qualifications. Um, it was, I think for, for the whole uh, Swiss team, it was uh, a special year or special two years. Uh, our um, national coach left after 2014. Uh, he went to Australia and um, Ian Wright, uh, a coach from New Zealand, came to Switzerland and uh, changed a lot. So we were training a bit different. We were training more. Uh, we were training more intense. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, 
for some of us was uh, a real shock or almost for all of us uh, um, and then uh, yeah at the beginning it was not not so sure if if we really get a double moving and, and because we're uh, always so tired and, and we're not <laughs> not thinking that we are doing a lot of uh, progress and uh, but when the season came nearer and and we uh, yeah we, we were training a bit less and and uh, yeah our, our shape came um, came quite well and uh, uh, then we knew uh, well it's 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 possible to to get this qualification spot how how did you find that kind of qualification, the race, and just the pressure and the kind of build up towards it? It was um, as always like with double. It was really close, and and we knew it's possible for us. But uh, yeah, we have to be ready, and and in every race, so uh, starting in the in the heat, um, just yeah, getting the best best place we can, and then. Uh, quarterfinal as well and then there was almost four boats uh, on the line and uh, we were were second so in the semi-final uh, not we're not going through to the a final but in the b final as well it was uh, were six boats and i think at the end uh yeah two two seconds maybe between one and and six and uh uh, we were tense just uh, before the Irish boat uh, and uh, Greece were 12th and, and was uh, half a length or something. <laughs> so uh, it was the, the big challenge was just to, to stay in the moment and just doing your pushes and, and be ready for, for the last uh, 20 pushes to, to get your uh, bow ball in front uh, of at least one boat. <laughs> <laughs> were you in bow or stroke for this race? Uh, I was stroke. Okay, stroke. Okay, I see. So, so, so my colleague uh, uh, was always giving some. <laughs> uh, he was he was having, uh, giving some calls and then, then saying, "Okay, now." <laughs> awesome. And what were you? What was the kind of thinking afterwards? We, you must have been pretty pretty excited to then qualify for for Rio, right? You know, celebrating or. Yeah, uh, that was was a cool experience also to share it with uh, with a colleague, with a, mm-hmm. um, yeah, a friend, and then uh, we also knew uh, we have a, we have a lot of work to do uh, up to the Olympics. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly the the weeks afterwards were also enjoying us a bit. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so uh, yeah, how long did you have then to train for Rio after qualifying? I can't remember. Uh, it was from October to August. Um, and those those months went well. Like the training started to do good. Yeah, uh, at the beginning we we saw it it's starting well, um, but uh, my my colleague got an injury, um, uh, so he got a tino uh, synovitis. Synovitis. Uh, um uh so he was he was injured um and then uh we couldn't draw for several months 
he was out of the boat from November up to almost April. Uh, and I was training in the single uh, a lot and also with, with another partner. But at the end, we, we ended up again in the, in the boat together. But yeah, the, those, those miles in the boat were, yeah, were missing <laughs> us a bit. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that. Um, gosh, so you came back in April and then you had to really try and kind of regain some time and put a lot of work into uh, the Rio from April. Yeah, uh, we, we, we tried uh, just what, what we could. And uh, um, at the end, uh, again, the race were pretty close uh, in, in Rio, uh, but we, in the repechage, we missed out by a quarter of a second uh, against the, the guys from Austria. And, and then we ended up in the, in the C final, or uh, winning the C final uh, was, yeah, uh, we were a bit... <laughs> Uh, we're not so happy after after those races, but uh, yeah, we we tried what we could, and, and the uh, conditions were also a bit challenging for us, and uh, not not that it was as it was was fair, but uh, we were we are just having problem with, with the waves and the wash and, and uh, the wind, and uh, <laughs> so uh, the Rio Rio experience itself. Um, could have been better uh, from the races, but, but still the, the Olympics uh, were, were cool. And, and it was a um, great experience being there and meeting the other athletes and, and yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, your, your race probably wasn't what you were hoping for or expecting, but I wanted to ask a bit more about the kind of Rio Olympic Games just as an experience which you were alluding to. Um, what was what was your kind of uh, memories of that? Just the whole Olympic Games and being there, interacting with all these athletes and sport. Um, yeah, it was uh, as one one certainly uh, really strong memory is um, yeah being in the Olympic Village and uh, seeing all those athletes, ten thousand athletes, and um, almost everyone is different, and and you have. Uh, the big basketball players, uh, and, and but you also have some small, um, uh, maybe gymnasts, and and uh, so it was uh, almost for everyone. There, there is a place uh, in a sport. So uh, either uh, you're big or small, or you're uh, light or uh, not so light. Uh, <laughs> that there is a sport you you can do, and um, that was cool to see. Did you stay out in Rio? Did you do a bit of traveling afterwards? Um, yeah, I, I stayed there with my girlfriend for another two weeks and traveling around uh, Brazil. And, and then we were coming back after uh, almost one month after the, the, the beginning of the Olympic Games back to Rio. And that was special because the, the, yeah, the city was already a bit different. Uh, but, uh, so many uh, policemen anymore and then military anymore. So it was, uh, again, I think a bit in the normal uh, uh, Rio. You, you mentioned um, the kind of around the previous Olympic time that you, you decided that you were going to continue uh, onto this moment. What was your thinking around 2016? Were you um, again thinking, look, I'm going to continue on here. It's 100% I'll continue. Or were you a bit less certain? Certainly a bit less certain. Um, 
uh, yeah, at the beginning I was a bit disappointed with the result and, and was really not sure if I should continue. But then I thought, okay, I'm, I'm still uh, at university. So at the moment it's, it's quite easy to row and, and to do my studies. And, and, and also I didn't want to stop with uh, a, a disappointment. So I, uh, I said, okay, I, I do certainly uh, one more year and, and then we see how it develops. Something, uh, yeah, we should pick up, which is your university studies that you were, let's say, are fitting in <laughs> around this time. Uh, what were you studying at this point in time? Um, I was just at the end of my master's in psychology and uh, before I was doing uh, bachelor's in, in sports science and also in uh, psychology. You were telling me before this that you started in um, 2009, correct? Yeah, so I was, I was quite a long time at the university, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, not always uh, studying full time. So sometimes I, uh, for example, for Rio, I uh, was doing um, almost nothing. And then, and also um, around London, I was having a break. So, um, yeah. But still, it was, it was a long time there. <laughs> a student. Yeah, when did you finish your master's then? Uh, that was uh, the end of uh, 2017. And, okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, I still uh, enjoyed the university uh, quite a lot. So I, I started a, a PhD uh, right afterwards. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Um, yeah, because what was your, what was the, was it a specific part of psychology that you were studying? Um, in my master's, it was uh, most of the uh, um, topic was uh, work psychology, but um, I was always, uh, with sports science, I was also really close to do to, to sports science and sports psychology, so it was uh, a bit clear that uh, Maybe after the masters, I will go back to to more the sports side. <laughs> I was um I, before the interview, I was looking at a lot of your race videos. Um, you know, particularly towards the end, there's uh, always that kind of last sprint. Sometimes you'll look around and really dig in. Is it is it some some kind of things that you picked up from studying sports psychology or psychology that you've applied into your sport um, when you're rowing? Yeah, there are certainly some techniques which I applied, but uh, not only since I was uh, studying um, sport or uh, psychology, so it, all, uh, or already before. So I had some good coaches uh, before uh, who taught me some 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 stuff, and and yeah, I was always uh, um, in, I was always interested, uh, and and certainly could could uh, use those experience afterwards yeah those, certainly those, those what, what, what kind of things were they teaching you or were you looking at um, yeah for example how I should structure the, the race day and, and the race itself and, and a bit um, um, thought control strategies or um, also a bit strategies to, to handle pain and, and uh, stuff like this and, and then yeah, at the end, um, you have to always doing on your own and, and, and uh, 
but uh, I think through those strategies, I, I could, um, uh, yeah, get get my own um, my own strategies uh, and, and and use them in training and then optimize them towards towards the the races. Super stuff. Let's talk a bit uh, about after Rio, the kind of last few years. I was just looking up the uh, Amada Cup because uh, you won that in um, 2016. But I was just looking at it and the images are incredible. I didn't realize just how many competitors there are and how big the lake was. Did you enjoy that race? Yeah, that's uh, also pretty or was a pretty uh, interesting race. Unfortunately, they, they stopped doing that um, two years ago uh, now. But um, yeah, it, it was always uh, since, uh, since um, I think 2004, I was always doing this race and it, it was a special feeling being at start with almost 300 other single scholars and then uh, just the man says go and, and you race up that, that lake, that nine kilometer lake um, and uh, just the, the guy who is in front, uh, he wins. and. and uh, there are no boy lines. Uh, there, um, there is some sea uh, uh, or lake weeds and and uh, some sandbanks. And so, yeah, yeah, it's a bit uh, a different kind of race. Uh, not just uh, going straight for two k. So it's uh, it was different. And but if you are doing that race and if you are uh, doing it well, it's it's an unbelievable feeling. Uh, seeing that many singles cars behind you and, and especially 2016 when I was in front almost the whole race uh, yeah it's, it's I think there there's no better motivation to to row fast than 300 boats uh, coming at you <laughs> chasing you yeah. <laughs> yeah chasing you and and you you still have then that that flat water and behind you there there is war. <laughs> cool. Is it is it a mass start? Do you all start at the same time or do they let you yeah. go kind of one after the other? It's a it's a mass start. There are uh, always twenty five boats beside each other and then uh, maybe a bit more than, than ten lanes or ten rows and uh, yeah, if you get a good result, you you can. Uh, start uh, earlier or in a, in a better position so uh, you you were always needing some some time and some results to to have a good good spot to start i was talking to uh Marian yesterday and he was saying that you enjoy kind of these types of races you i think he, he said you kind of enjoy uh throwing yourself at these other kind of rowing challenges as well that are quite different from the kind of standard World Cup series. Uh, that race is very different. Um, I've got some of the others like uh, Head of the Charles and um, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, the Skiff Head as well that you did. Um, what is it about those kind of different races you enjoy doing that are different to the kind of World Cup series? Um, I think certainly, um that it's a, it's a good change from from the the normal racing uh you you need some other skills as well you have to navigate uh yourself uh, around the corners and and uh, around the other boats and um and also it was always uh, those races are always in october november so it's it's a good way to start again with training and you have already early on uh 
in in the next or for the next season you you have a goal and you do do those races, but they are not as serious as as a World Cup race. So you you, you meet there the the other rowers again from from the World Cup and and you also enjoy time a bit with with those guys and you learn them. Um, uh, yeah, you you learn. Yeah, you maybe learn them also from. Um, some other side from from those uh, rovers, uh, and uh, and after races you also have time to to enjoy a bit the, the city there, and you don't have to rush again uh, to the to the next uh, competition. So. Yeah, I guess a good example would be um, Head of the Charles 2017 after Sarasota, because you did the World Championships uh, 2017. Um, and then I think you took a kind of a bit of a holiday, uh, kind of around Sarasota, and then you did the head of the Charles. You know why not in America? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought um, if I'm if I'm already in America, I, I should uh, traveling a bit around uh, and, and through the country. So I, I was visiting some friends in California, and um, were also the first few days in in uh, Florida. And then going to New York and uh, at the end to Boston, and so um, I was not doing any rowing in, in the holidays. <laughs> Obviously, we were, we were just uh, uh, watching um, or walking around the cities, or in California also around the, the national parks. So that was a bit my my preparation for the for the head of the Charles. But um, uh, yeah, as I, I was there, I. I thought, okay, I I cannot lose anything. I I just <laughs> I look what what is what's in there, and uh, yeah, maybe those two two weeks of holiday were were good. So I was I was still uh, still quite in in a good shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you won. <laughs> <laughs> but that's quite a cool kind of mindset to have to certain things, right? You know, why not do this? Doesn't matter that I may not be in the best kind of physical condition you know i'm here why not give it a go yeah i was i was certainly not in the best physical condition but i was uh mentally i was fresh and and i was really enjoying being back in the boat and and racing and uh yeah so maybe i could compensate a bit uh, through the <laughs> through my my uh holiday and my mental um uh, um, uh, yeah, my mental, how do you say? Uh, attitude maybe, or state? Mental yeah, state my, or? My, through my mental state and my, my uh, easygoing uh, life, I, I could just <laughs> switch easier to, to go, uh, go full speed again. And, and I was, yeah, I didn't have any, um, any, clear goals so i was just doing and, and enjoying the racing and, and so it was it was was cool yeah no awesome do, do you apply that kind of mental state to a lot of other things you know why not do this you know jump into this kind of challenge yeah especially um at the last few years of my career i was uh, a bit more easy going uh, than before um so I was was a bit calmer, and, and uh, if 
if there was a race, I, I was doing the race and then not, not thinking, oh, how I will do and, and, and mm. uh, uh, what if, if, and, uh, and all those questions were, were not so important. I was always just doing the racing and, and uh, it was, was not, not so important what I'm doing. But yeah, the funny thing is, the, almost all those races were going well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, with a kind of that kind of mindset, your racing was better, or is that fair to say? Yeah, or? I think it was better. I was, um, I was calmer at, at at the race days, and 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 also on the water, and and just if the man said go. Uh, in a race, I, it was really easy to switch on uh, or, or, or switch, yeah, to the other other side and being um, concentrated, having the the full focus, and also go, going to my limits. Uh, I think it was was a really good balance between uh, focusing and concentration and and just being being loose and and uh, enjoying the enjoying life (laughs) that's that's probably the best balance isn't it really you know be able to enjoy life kind of be chilled uh speak to friends do things that you want but Mm -hmm. maybe what you're talking about is you know in the race you can kind of flip the switch and Mm -hmm. really compete well and have that mindset and win or do well but still enjoy the other aspects there are to Mm -hmm. life yeah definitely and and uh, for example, in in Plovdiv uh, at the World Championship after the heat, I know if you you were also there. Uh, yeah. In the, I was I was going out <laughs> after the heat uh, before the the quarterfinal and stuff. I went uh, out to to the restaurant with, with some guys of, uh, also with you and uh, some other guys from FISA and then were you were having dinner. I was not uh, eating that much because uh, life weight, but. Uh, yeah, I, I could enjoying. Uh, I could enjoy the the races and uh, the championships much more, and I was not worried. Oh no, now I don't have to uh, go out uh, and seeing friends. No, I I was uh, seeing friends, and I knew if if I'm on the water, if I'm at start line, I can switch and and I can race well, and I have the concentration. But beside, I can. Um, I can do whatever I want, and, and uh, yeah, that was that was cool. <laughs> really, that's really interesting. Yeah, because uh, I remember that. Um, I can't remember someone was organising it, but yeah, they texted you saying, you know, come for a drink or something, and we were halfway through eating, but you turned up and chatted with us, and I think you had a non-alcoholic uh, <laughs> <laughs> beverage with us. But you you seemed really calm when you were sat with us, even though I think you were racing the your heat the next day, perhaps. I it was just uh, after the heat, oh uh, yes. But uh, then the the quarterfinal was coming, and uh, yeah, uh, so <laughs> it was it, uh, it was cool. Uh, and um, I guess the next big decision actually happened around that kind of time. What that I knew about, which was your transition from lightweight rowing to heavyweight rowing. Um, how does that come about, and why did you make the change? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the years were quite successful in the lightweight single, but uh, still I, I, I suffered a lot with, with, the, with the weight and, and getting on weight and always uh, having uh, 
uh, rib stress fractures and injuries and and then i i decided okay um i don't want to do this anymore uh, having all the time uh injuries so i said i still enjoy rowing uh, a lot and uh, i just try try heavyweight and then see if i can make it as a heavyweight and um hopefully having less um injuries it's I, it's kind of a big kind of courageous decision really for a kind of mid mid season to be you know doing that um were you nervous at all about kind of going up in weight and what what the implications might be or was it similar to the mindset we were just talking about before you were more like, i'm going to do this and we'll see what happens it was more like this uh, I, I thought okay if i uh, I do this. Uh, the other option would be to stopping uh, then uh, as a lightweight and as a rover. So I said, oh, no, I will continue and uh, and also look what, what's in, in me if I don't have this, this restriction. Uh, if um, Do I get uh, faster on the erg, for example? Uh, do I have more boat speed? And um, yeah, can I uh, get some muscles? <laughs> so... <laughs> There were a lot of questions and I wanted to, to answer those questions. Awesome. So what were the next months like as a, as a heavyweight, being able to eat a lot and uh, train, train as you were? Yeah, uh, training uh, became more easier, uh, especially after a hard training day. If you can eat normally and, and then you sleep well and in the next morning you, you, you think, oh, um, I'm I'm back in shape and then I'm not so tired and as a lightweight you, you always uh, do not recover that well and you're still tired in the morning and, and uh, so it training became a bit easier uh, I still um, yeah, after a few weeks after I changed the category I, I had another uh, rib stress fracture so um, it was more as a, still as a lightweight than as a heavyweight and, and so I missed a bit uh, of, of rowing training I was doing a lot on the bike and uh, that was maybe not an ideal start uh, in the new category <laughs> <laughs> How long were you injured for? Um, uh, yeah almost two months <laughs> until I was really back in the boat so it was... <laughs> Um, there's a there's a race kind of story that I think I, I might have missed, um, which was um, Skiffhead in Amsterdam, I think. Um, Morian was telling me a little bit about it because we're not I, kind of according to him in his words, you sneak you sneaked off to to do it because <laughs> your kind of coaches weren't so aware. Is that true? Yeah, um, there were actually some races where. <laughs> where I, I was not uh, supposed to race uh, but um, sometimes yeah I'd, I get I got the permission uh, <laughs> a bit uh, <laughs> uh, through the, the back door maybe right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so uh, yeah I was I was doing uh, also for example this, this gift that like that or uh, Henley the, the year after or um uh some other races uh italian sculling challenge in orta um just because yeah the always just being in Zorn at national training center and and training there and uh doing not 
any races, it was sometimes a bit boring. And so I, I just wanted to have some, some more races. And uh, yeah, I was always happy if, if, it, if it worked out well. Yeah. Seems to be going back to your kind of, you know, why not uh, mindset, you know, why not challenge and try and do these kind of races that are a bit different, um, even if you're sneaking off and finding excuses um, to do them. But it, it's a really cool approach of racing, um, finding these races and just, just doing them, you know, why not, why not enjoy yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you only have... Um limited time as, as, a, as a high performance athlete and uh, I think it's, it's good if you can, can use this time and if you enjoy being that fit and that strong and, and I was enjoying myself the most in, in racing and in, in races and um, so I said okay I, I, I should do or I want to do some, some more races and not just uh, uh, two or three World Cups a year and, and the World Championship and, and uh, nothing more. <laughs> and um, before this, you were, you were saying it was more you that was, <clears throat> it was more you that were making these kind of decisions. Uh, you know, you were talking to your coaches and just saying, look, I, I want to do this race. I'm going to go and go and do it. Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, sometimes it, it, it took some time to, to get the permission and, and but um, yeah, if, if I did those races, I, 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 it was also clear at the next official race, I had to deliver the performance, otherwise uh, that's, that's not possible. Uh, so it was always a bit of a risk because if you're doing another plan than all the others and then you're not doing well, at the at the official races, the the coach will say, uh, "Yeah, goodbye." <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, I guess there's one race uh, that you decided to do that you weren't allowed to do beforehand because of um, other races, which was uh, Henley 2019. Um, before before Henley 2019, you couldn't do it. Um, why was that? Uh, Henley is always at the weekend of the national championship in Switzerland and uh, one week before the World Cup uh, in Lucerne. So we were not, we were supposed to race the national championship, um, and, but only one race and then doing the World Cup and not, not traveling uh, around Europe uh, just the, the week before our hometown World Cup. And um, in 2019, um, uh, there was no World Cup in Lucerne because the European Championship was in Lucerne, and um, so I decided not doing the, the Swiss Championship and uh, go to Henley, which was a really good decision. Uh, and yeah, it was was a nice experience, and and uh, I I learned a lot about rowing and 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 uh, new stuff about rowing, and it was was cool to see. Uh, this regatta and, and everything around, uh, which is unique. I think everybody knows it who, uh, who was there. What, what did you learn from it? You said it was quite new to you. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that this uh, really traditional uh, way of racing and um, yeah, you, you're doing 
one race against one competitor and uh, you only have this this chance and then uh yeah the faster is is still in the game and the other one is is out but if you're out you you i think you can also enjoy yourself <laughs> there uh watching the other races and um meeting some friends and and yeah there just there's just a bit a uh, big rowing family there and and it's it's interesting to to be there to to race there and and to to meet people there it's uh, it's quite interesting uh bringing that up because uh, we were just talking about the Amada Cup which is you know a mass participation hundreds of athletes and now we're kind of right down to just two athletes competing against each other uh which do you prefer do you prefer the kind of big uh mass participation or do you prefer this kind of really intense you know one-on-one -on -one racing um yeah it's difficult difficult question <laughs> <laughs> it's just so different uh yeah. i mean you have in, in the in the armata cup you had uh the the special feeling if you are in front and, and uh it you have though this this calmness uh around you and behind you there are hundreds of boats and and you have to be yeah ready to 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 cut the corners and and to you have to know where the sandbanks are and and yeah and in henley it's um there is also a bit of of calmness <laughs> because there are no uh there are just two two people there and and um but at the end there there is a there are a lot of uh, spectators and a uh, huge crowd and and it's it's loud from the from the start to the beginning uh, from start to the finish line and and um yeah it's it's also really a honest race uh so uh, you have to just uh show what what you have and and against one other guy just one other guy and uh yeah it's i think both races are are uh, really special um and in, in henley you also have the the, the huge uh, history um about uh, yeah huge history of rowing and, and uh, of henley and uh, i think that's that's the most um interesting part of of henley it's a, it's a good answer to quite a tough question i just put to you <laughs> um your your henley kind of actual races you you did well at the start and then you met i think ollie zeitler in the quarterfinal yeah uh yeah i think uh not <laughs> not the uh, best best luck for me um i mean he was uh just the, the new european champion in the heavyweight single so so i knew that that will be really really hard uh and yeah that uh, i it was it was cool a cool day because um i was already uh, talking to him before the race and he was there with his grandfather uh and uh, was also a rower uh, olympic champion in munich uh, 72 and i was there with a friend from my club uh, an old rower um who was also uh rowing in 72 um and was second in the pair so they knew each other and uh, they were having a good time and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Oli and me were racing each other and uh, I tried what I could but uh, against the the big guy uh, I was I was uh, yeah more almost two lengths uh, too slow or 
or something like this. Because <laughs> you, yeah, you were in your kind of heavyweight phase here. So what, what was your weight kind of around this time then? Uh, I was back at um, uh, above what, 80, 82. Mm. Uh, a bit, bit faster on the arc, <laughs> a bit stronger <laughs> in the weight room. Uh, I think quite, quite in a good shape uh, in Henley. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I, I missed out um, at the internal uh, qualification. So I was not doing uh, the world championship afterwards. So that's just Henley was my, my only goal that summer. Mm. <clears throat> For sure. And then um, I think, it, it, yeah, towards the end of the year, you announced your retirement from rowing. Uh, I've got it as a November. Um, what kind of led you up to that decision? And from your kind of message, it sounded like you were going a bit back and forth between when you should do it and why you should do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I still, uh, after, after this season, after season 2019, I was, I was really not sure if I um, should continue or not. But um, I knew on one side it, it will be... It won't be easy to to get the qualification for for Tokyo, and on the other side, I also uh, became a father and had other responsibilities, and uh, so um, I I was not ready anymore to invest uh, so much time into training and not being at home with those uncertain prospects. Uh, so I, I decided in, in November to to step down <laughs> from the national team and, and uh, yeah so far I, I didn't regret uh, the decision. Um, uh, I still uh, love being on the water and drawing. Uh, I still love training, but uh, I have other challenges and and uh, that's also cool and and. Uh, yeah, playing uh, with my son and being being here and seeing a every step is is also uh, really rewarding uh, for me. Yeah, <clears throat> congratulations on your yeah your new family member. How is uh, how is being a father now? How is that challenge uh, to you? Um, yeah, I I think in in several ways. Uh, certainly, I'm. Uh, yeah, there there is always uh, one guy around who, who is, um, yeah, who who needs some some care and and also, um, uh, yeah, you have to you have to you you are responsible for for this guy and and uh, so, uh, uh, but on the other side, uh, it's 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 really cool to to see this development of of uh, of a human being from uh, <laughs> from really small and then getting bigger <laughs> and then learning new stuff and and yeah it's um quite an intensive time and and uh, uh certainly different from from national team rowing uh but uh, uh also um also um really really uh, interesting <laughs> has he got a future as a uh, as a Swiss rower? Do you think? 
I know I I will um, give this decision uh, <laughs> in his hand. Um, uh, I hope I hope obviously he will find a sport which which suits him and uh, he will like um, he will like movements and and being active and stuff like this. But if he's he will be a rower or a, a cross country skier or maybe even not not a, a high performance athlete. I I I don't care. Uh, I think I just hope uh, he's yeah he, he will be healthy and and a happy person. For sure, for sure. I think that's a that's a great answer. Um, something that I've uh, picked up from this conversation and looking at a few other things that you do, you know, you, you dive into these challenges and they're very active. What I've seen um, sport-wise is that you do a lot of other sport as well. So you have this rowing career, which has been phenomenal. And then I've seen that you hike, you do skiing, cross-country skiing, you're a swimmer, and I've heard that you're a, cyc a really good cyclist as well. How do you fit all that in? And are you still doing all those activities? Uh, yeah, I mean, around Lucerne, you can, you can do a lot of, of cool activities. And, and um, I mean, in, in winter times, I'm, I'm more on the skis and sometimes I'm, I'm more on the, on the bike. Uh, so I try to, to fit in everything. And, and still, um, yeah, my goal is to, to train uh, at least once a day so uh, but maybe a bit more uh, um, have a bit better uh, uh, compare or yeah how, you, how, how can you say it um, a bit better balanced with my other life oh, sure so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for example uh, sometimes I'm, I'm going um, I'm cycling from from home to work uh, which is quite a long distance and, and then back home and uh, that's my training then and, and that's that's pretty cool if you can do that <laughs> if you can uh, cycle almost six hours a day and then working uh, seven eight hours and then yeah that's that's cool <laughs> Is your is your attitude to kind of sport um, and training a lot more relaxed now, or are you are you kind of counting how far you're going? You know your intensity, or are you not really fussed about that anymore? Um, I'm I'm much more relaxed. So uh, I I mean I don't have a plan. It's not like this. Um, yeah, that I uh, get a plan in on Monday and then know exactly what I have to do each day, uh, each hour. So it's it's more like this that I'm uh, look outside and if it's uh, sunny I I go on the bike or uh, I go into the boat and and uh, I do a good session and an intensive session but uh, it's really unstructured and and um, for example I'm also not on on uh, on Strava <laughs> and and counting almost all my uh, rides on the bike but if there is a, a guy in front of me. I, I obviously try to uh, <laughs> to beat him or or to uh <laughs> really on your on your commute to work. You know, if you have someone in front of you, you'll still try and overtake him. You're yeah, still I, I, I I always say no. This this time I'm just riding easy and, and no, no stress. <laughs> but uh, sometimes uh, 
there is just one one guy in front of me <laughs> <laughs> the competitiveness uh, is is coming back <laughs> love that love that and um yeah i really like that kind of attitude that we were we were actually talking about uh before you know that kind of around 2016 2019 that you were more look i i want to do this i think i'll enjoy it i'll go and do that you know that seems to be really coming out now in your lifestyle now particularly mm -hmm. in sport you know if, if oh it's sunny outside let's go for a nice kind of bike ride yeah and uh, i mean sometimes in the rowing career i was uh i was not so happy about those those real um tough structure so if it was perfect weather outside and uh, we had an erg session we had to do this erg session and and then it was raining and uh, we had to go on the water and uh, yeah so i i'm enjoying uh, enjoying this uh, now much much more so uh, yeah uh, i can do whatever i want and, and uh, nobody is, is telling me now this and that and <laughs> <laughs> um I saw a picture of um, you coastal rowing. Uh, is this a potential kind of new avenue for you? Are you going to compete in this or is that just a little tryout? Uh, it was certainly um, a little tryout at the end okay. of last year. Uh, everybody was always talking about coastal rowing and, and uh, maybe that it will get Olympic. And then uh, I... I didn't know anything about coastal rowing and, and so I, I wanted to, to have also some experience there and, and uh, so I can really um, yeah, talk about this a uh, bit with more substance. <laughs> so I, uh, with my club we went to Monaco, the, the coastal race there and uh, yeah, I just took a boat and then did my heat and, and afterwards I said, uh, not anymore, that's it. <laughs> uh, it was uh, horrible weather and, and uh, for yeah, also the people there, the, the real coaster always said, oh, we never experienced that before. Uh, big waves, you didn't saw any buoys, you didn't know how to navigate. It was a huge mess and uh, I was just happy uh yeah finishing uh, the course and, and being back on 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 the land and then uh, fortunately on the next day it was again i was was almost flat water and uh that was good for me as i could could use my my experience as a flat water rower a bit more uh but it's yeah it's it's another kind of of challenge as a rower it, it's not uh, about uh, yeah, searching the the boat glide and then searching the perfect stroke. It, it's more uh, having at least one good stroke in the race, <laughs> <laughs> and you're all already happy. <laughs> so. Have you got any more kind of um, yeah sporting challenges that you may want to com complete or do in the future? Yeah, you, you really seem to be kind of going for these like little challenges here and there for different sports. Um, yeah, I, I want to do a cross-country skiing race uh, this year, but uh, it was uh, cancelled as uh, as all the sport events uh, at the moment. And yeah, I will see um, maybe. A, also, again, if I if I see a challenge and it, I like it, I will I will train for it and, and do it. Uh, but 
at the moment I I don't have concrete plans. So it's also pretty difficult to to have <laughs> to have plans <laughs> in sport at the moment. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I guess the the last part I just I like to talk about, which is um your current PhD, uh, which you I believe you started last year. Um, I started already uh, just after um, my master's in uh, 2017, but uh, at the beginning part-time uh, with the agreement that I can um, go uh, work full-time after my, my career, uh, career um, termination. And um, uh, yeah, last, last uh, January I, I started as a real PhD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's on a really interesting topic and the kind of um, a very good time for you just after you retired. Um, explain to me what the topic is. Um, yeah, we want to know what, what influenced uh, a, a long-term engagement in high-performance sport has on the post-sport career, on the, on the life after sport of, of those athletes. And um, not just uh, professionally, uh, what, what jobs are they doing? If, uh, for example, if they have through sports better jobs than, than without sports, uh, it's also um, about uh, health, about family and, and whole life, basically. And uh, for this reason, we are uh, we're just sending out... Um, 700 questionnaires to former Olympians in Switzerland and um, hopefully we get get some good answers and a lot of uh, um, questionnaires back uh, and then hopefully yeah we can we can get some answers uh, for those questions what can you give me like one or two examples of the, the questions that you sent out to them um, yeah, for example, as we want to know, we have to know a lot of, about their careers, uh, how much time they invested into sport, um, at which uh, time in their lives, for example, a, a gymnast uh, has to invest a lot of time during their uh, teenage years, but uh, as a rower or uh, as a... Uh, shooter you can uh, as a shooter even more you can you can uh, invest the time after your uh, 20 25th birthday and you you can still get you can still um, can get a top class uh, um, athlete uh, but as a gymnast if you don't invest the time around 10 years um, then you cannot get world class again so there are a lot of differences between the sports. So we have to know a lot about their sport careers. And, and then uh, we will ask them also, what did they do besides sport? Um, did they do um, um, school? What kind of school? Uh, afterwards, um, university or not? And, and also um, uh, the last part is about their current life situation. Um, so are they happy with the life do they have a, um what 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 is their life satisfaction uh what is their self esteem and and stuff like this and and then we can um differentiate between the different sport the different uh um time 
um, which was um, invested into sports uh, uh, to the current life uh, situation. So hope, hopefully that's that's clear in some way. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, and I asked you beforehand and I'll ask you again, you know, what are your kind of, do you have some kind of expectations for the responses? You know, uh, do you believe like a, a longer time uh, influenced by a top class sport will yield a kind of a better, you know, better job and a better lifestyle? Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, uh, our professor did almost the same study in Germany, but um, uh, that was already 20 years ago. And, and nowadays you have to invest much more time into sport if you want to be world-class. And um, so maybe um, you miss a bit the, yeah, the, the, the time uh, investing for, for work or uh, also you, you cannot do the, the best education, but uh, yeah, we will see There are certainly differences between the sports. Uh, it's not everywhere um, as good and as easy to, to combine um, education with sport as it is in rowing. Um, for example, in the winter sport, and we have a lot of winter uh, athletes in Switzerland, uh, you're away from uh, almost October until April, and um, you're always traveling, and, and then it's almost impossible to be at university. Um, so we will see, but it, it probably you cannot just say uh, sport has a good influence on your post-sport career or not. Uh, you probably you will say uh, if you are uh, doing that kind of sport and uh, if you have those uh, or uh, yeah, if you have certain factors then um, uh, you will have uh, a good, um, good post-sport career or not. I guess we could potentially ask ask you Michael because <laughs> you this kind of question because you've you've had you know 20 plus years at the top level um all right you're quite early well very early in your retirement um from sport um but do you think kind of 20 plus years of rowing you know will, will give you a reasonably positive uh kind of post-career um uh, for me, uh, the, the sport and, and the years in sport were, were certainly, certainly really beneficial. I, I, I learned a lot for, for my life and uh, I learned, uh, as I already told you, I learned uh, how to, to work hard and, and to, mm. to reach goals. And, um, and also the, the environment in the club with, with the other guys um, doing good good schools and, and good, uh, having a good education was also motivating me to, to work a lot um, in, 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 in school and then also to get a good degree. So uh, I think the, the sport and, and uh, inf influenced a lot of, of, of my, my life and, and, and certainly in, in positive ways. So it, uh, I think for me it was was good and, and uh, <laughs> the, the yeah rowing and the years in sport uh, had had, def had definitely a an, an good influence on my life. Awesome! You you'd be a if someone sent that questionnaire to you, you'd be a big tick uh, for all the positives. 
<laughs> nice. Well, I think that's I think that's a potentially a really great way of ending. You know, the chat. You know, that kind of ending question. I think one of the takeaways I'll take away from you, Michael, is that kind of um, you know challenging yourself, even though you're under maybe quite strict kind of routine of of rowing, but still kind of going out your way to you know find races and um, uh, do these kind of things that you want to do. Um, the other thing which was really interesting was that uh, like time in when you're in Plovdiv, when you were, you said you just had that kind of more chilled uh, motivation, then you could really flip the switch and go racing out, out again. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I think this, that's a good, that's a good summary. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, maybe we'll leave it there because you're, you're a very busy man. I think you need to, you need to get back to your, your family life and your PhD and your sporting life. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for doing this. Really interesting for me. You're welcome. Thank you.